to Punta Vista, it's a bonus episode. That's right. Uh, I am Theo, and I'm here on a triple date. How wonderful. Except uh, none of our partners have shown up. <laughs> it's just us three uh, on a gondola going down the Love Canal. Uh, I am, even though it's not actually a date now, that's all kind of, you know, blown over, I'm still, like, physically nervous about it. Um, but that's probably fine. Um, I am, of course, here with with Andrew, uh, who is bothering the uh, gondola. What do you call the the pilot of a gondola? gondola. The driver. <laughs> the driver um, to to no end with his uh, incredible and accurate French accent. How are you, Andrew? <laughs> oh, I am very good. Uh-huh. I yep. love uh-huh. to be on the gondola. Yep. Which, so, as we all know, is very French. Very French, that's right, mm. I believe. Yep, and uh, the driver is not making any eye contact with us whatsoever. Uh, clearly not happy about the situation. Um, and of course, I'm going all... to try talking more French, but louder and slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, and I'm also here with Ben, who is already totally nude. Well, you know... <laughs> The the hard work you do now is hard work you don't have to do later. And for me, uh, getting out of this skin-tight denim double-breasted suit that I was wearing... Mm-hmm. Uh, Just the nicest thing you own. Yeah, it was going to be a lot of effort to take it off. So I greased myself up. Mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> In this order, I greased myself up. I excused myself to go to the bathroom. I removed the suit. I folded the suit. I hid it behind... The reservoir tank of the toilet, like it's the gun from The Godfather, <laughs> uh, and then I came back out fully nude and pretended that nothing changed. Yeah, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. You know? mm, that nude man on a gondola. <laughs> <laughs> More nude men on gondolas. Well, and if you if you were hoping for nudity, then also you have to lead by example. You know, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, Theo, have you ever seen uh, Brisbane's famous nude guy? <laughs> um, yeah, I have. Yeah, met he's you. been over to your house, Ben. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. Uh, no, I have. I've not met um, the very ominous-sounding nude guy. Uh, so you, I mean, you might be familiar with his work from uh, <laughs> some nude photos I've seen. <laughs> no, he well, he was featured quite prominently in the music video to the Violent Soho song. Um, it wasn't covered in Chrome. It was a single off the same album that was released before covered in Chrome. But it was one of their songs where it's just a nude man on a bicycle riding around uh, the city of Brisbane handing out flyers for some sort of nude bike ride. Huh. Uh, and then this man is a, a real-life habitual nudist uh, who, who lives in Brisbane who would just very frequently, he would be at, you know, like small local gigs, entirely nude, <laughs> uh, and that was that was his whole thing. Occasionally, you'd see him clothed. Sometimes, you'd see him nude. So, I'm just going to go and type into my browser, "nude guy." Okay, Let's see if actually, sorry, that <laughs> and I've done it. this thousands famous, of times. Famous nude guy, celebrity Brisbane nude man. Mm-hmm. You're going to wind up with lots of uh, New York's naked cowboy, who, of course, is not actually naked. He's a coward. Wait, what's the naked cowboy? Naked cowboy is the guy in the underpants and the cowboy hat who plays his guitar in, like, Times Square. Oh, of course. And then there was a whole... uh, There was, like, a whole lawsuit from a naked lady cowboy who was like, that's my name. Oh, no, the naked cowboy is a Trump supporter. Hotly contested IP... Be the naked <laughs> cowboy. Oh, uh, did you did you get any hits on that theory? You get a uh, did you find anything about the nude man? Uh, I've not looked yet. Sorry, oh, I'm, no, I'm actually just scrolling through that itch.io game list. Um, sure. And I, let's just switch tabs. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, how much longer is left on that? Is that worth saying that people should do? Is there still like nine days or something? Um. Yeah, you should. Uh, nine days left to do this. You should point your browser. At the URL itch.io, and if you are some sort of games person, uh, make a contribution, anything from $5 US upwards, and get approximately a million games. They listed That's as right. 742 items from 564 creators. 
there's all sorts of good games on there. I checked. None of the money goes to Marbin. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> Wait, did he, did he uh, put Shower with Your Dad Simulator in there? I, is haven't, that seen, I, don't in know. The I haven't seen it in there. Well, um, if he hasn't, friend of the show Marbin is cancelled. Uh, and if he has, well done to him. Check that out if you can. Uh-huh. Lots of games. Lancer, the uh, RPG where you're a, some sort of giant mech pilot. Uh, Night of the Woods, which I believe is very good, but I have not played. Lots of people have told me that yep, it's good. It is very good. Um, Tonight We Riot is in there. Lots of good stuff. Have Do that. that. So this is uh, it's from 2010. The Times Square Cowboy, whose real name is Robert <laughs> Burke, is known for strumming his guitar wearing only briefs and a cowboy hat. He has sent a cease and desist letter to Sandy Kane, who wears a red, white, and blue cowboy hat and matching bikini, the New York Post reports. Mr. Neither Burke, of those 38, things are naked. I know. Fucking Those are clothes. Prudes. American prudes. Um, he said that if Miss Kane was going to make money by posing for photos, he wants her to sign a, quote, naked cowboy franchise agreement. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and those most, can be brutal. Most Now, this is a baffling sentence here. Most of his licensed franchisees are required to pay a $5,000 a year or $500 a month fee and go through a screening process. Most of his licensed franchisees, implying that there is more than one. Yeah, that certainly, to me, to have uh, the concept of a most existing, uh, there's a minimum of three. Yeah. Which seems like a lot. You have to have more than half of your people paying their fee. Uh, Mr. Burke previously made a splash after auditioning unsuccessfully for both American Idol and Australian Idol. Oh, no. Came all the way over here to get told to fuck off. That's one of the most profoundly desperate things I've ever heard. Imagine the sadness of Australian Idol's really like, that's the bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. If you if you scraped any further than that, uh, you're punching through the fabric of reality. There is no lower point. Uh, so, you know. But uh, we're hearing he's a Trump supporter, so fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, naked Cowboy, you are cancelled. Damn, get him. I'll, I'll tell you who's not cancelled. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you. That, that was actually in the start of the sentence, but if you want to guess, you're welcome to. Uh, Harry Potter author... J.K. Rowling. Now I'm just going to go to the internet. you got to very slowly type in Hunt and Peck style. J dot. K dot. Dot. Rowling. Harry Potter. Question mark. Author. What have you found? Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, no. Is she an enormous turf? Yeah, things aren't going well, and it looks like she will be marrying Graham Linehan. Oh, at least they'll both make each other happy. They'll be like sitting back to back at their own respective computer, just railing against trans people all day, every day, and then occasionally look at each other and saying, We're doing the right thing. As their relatives contact them to say, You're no longer welcome at Christmas. The arc of Britishness is long. But it bends towards <laughs> turfdom. It's horrible. Why does this keep happening? That's right, <sighs> folks. We're going to put J.K. Rowling on a bus and send her the fuck out of town. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of buses coming into town. You know what? I'm just going to say, I'm really mad that uh, you hijacked my quite competent segue for a dazzlingly better segue. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, hey, there's all these buses pulling into town. Somebody spray painted a big A with a circle around it on the side, and it's super scary. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, that's right, folks. What with all the protests going on in the States, we have seen the return of the Antifa super soldier narrative. It's the, so good. The, the this covert is just... army it's... of protesters. Like, I get that, you know, these people are are whipped up into a state of hysteria and madness and paranoia, and they only get their news from, like, Q Facebook groups. But just this, like, insane belief that thousands of well-funded super riders are descending on, like, some town in Indiana with a population of 70. Like, ah, they're going to destroy our, you know, the giant bucket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is that we have you laugh but what if they came through here and said that they were going to destroy the big banana 
We're going to straighten out the big banana. That'll fuck <laughs> everyone up. We're going to we're going to firebomb that oh. um, tall lawnmower that's oh. sort of at the Australia Zoo exit. That is the laziest of all the big things <laughs> because all of the height is in the handle, which is just some pipes. <laughs> it's so bad. It's a oh. ten meter tall lawnmower. <laughs> You've. They're- they're going to come through town and shear the big merino. Oh, no. <laughs> Sad to say that they have desexed the big merino. <laughs> oh, there's just so many of them. So many big things they could come through and fuck with. They grilled oh. the big pineapple. <laughs> they cracked um, the, the big walnut. Oh, wait, no, it's a big macadamia. <laughs> they've shocked the big clam. <laughs> they've, in the greatest insult of all, they have French fried the big potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's wonderful. It kind of, I think, um, the narrative that had been happening through the first several days of the mass protests in America was all of the like police chiefs of all of these different cities saying, "Oh no, it's not our citizens who are rioting. Um, they're all being very well behaved, and in fact, it is outside agitators, tens of thousands in. of uh, people being bussed in." Yeah, um, and. But once it got to the point where there were protests in all 50 states and like over 140 cities, it's like, is this like a round robin thing? It's sort of like an Antifa exchange program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody do-si-do one city yep. to the left um, <laughs> and throw a rock at that cop. Yeah, just, just the idea that like somehow there was simultaneously... Millions of people in the streets, but also none of them were like from your town is extremely funny. Um, But this stuff, of course, is the it's the fever dream. It's the fever dream of this kind of thing. Um, So this is from the Peninsula Daily News. Family harassed in Forks after being accused of being members of Antifa. Uh, The Forks Chamber of Commerce issued a statement Friday decrying the harassment of a Spokane family accused of being members of Antifa while near uh, Squim, a gun store owner, said he had armed guards because of a threat he received after (laughs) making comments that Antifa was coming to the North Olympic Peninsula. Uh, Now, Ben has pointed out in the notes that this town is actually pronounced Squim. Yes, I... uh... Didn't want you to embarrass yourself by saying it in the way that it looks, which seems to make a lot more sense, but, you know. Like um, sequin with an M on the end. It is exactly like that. No, it's squim like a grub. Uh, find in the dirt. Seth Larson, owner of Fred's Guns 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the original Fred's Guns, shit. That 2.0 is much needed. The We were getting somewhere with the 1.7 release. But really, it's taken a lot of iterations of Fred's guns to get to the wonderful product that we've realized today. Uh, Seth Larson, owner of Fred's Guns 2.0 in Carlsborg, had urged people to carry guns to a protest organized in Squim to protect Squim businesses from Antifa, a political protest movement comprising autonomous groups in militant opposition to fascism. It's remarkable that they actually wrote it like that. That they said, this is people who are in militant opposition to fascism. And it is quite th- good, isn't it? And this guy definitely wants to stop it. He said he had heard Antifa was bussing in protesters. He later apologised for what he called a knee-jerk reaction, saying the protest was peaceful. Later that day in Forks, a multiracial family of four from Spokane was followed by at least four vehicles... Some with people with guns, they told deputies, as they left Forks Outfitters in a full-size school bus. The family was trapped when they tried to leave their campsite after trees were felled to block the road, Clallam County Sheriff's deputies said. They were able to leave after four high school students cut the trees with chainsaws, said Sergeant Ed Anderson in a press release issued late Thursday. How fucking cool is that? A couple of teens were like, oh shit. Got their fucking chainsaws out and just fucking... help you guys get out of here. Yeah. The kids are all right. Just what is wrong with people? Honestly. We saw a bus with some people on it. There it is. The super soldiers coming in strong. This small family of people. This is the army of 
super rioters that are going to destroy our beautiful tiny town that is now mostly famous for some very, very bad young adult fiction. There, there really is like a whole thing in the States of just people being convinced that there is this like mammoth underground system of coordinated like agitators and communists and anarchists and all that sort of stuff which is like you know i know i'm not the first person to point out it's remarkable to be able to like simultaneously hold in your mind that like um basically you know pretty much all branches of your government from the president down through lots of different levels to local are like all dominated by republicans and right-wing freaks and all that sort of stuff but also that there's like this massive network of people who are who are desperate to destroy your country you know yeah it's it's cool to be able to hold those both in your brain at the same time and i mean because they both just ease their worldview in that you get to have uh you get to be buoyed by the belief that like your opinion to the normal ones the other people are being paid to have them or there's some external interest forcing them, but also that you will ultimately triumph because the people putting that forward are weak and useless or whatever. So you just, uh, it's nice. Uh, having weird contradictory beliefs, uh, something I would 100% recommend to just make your reality <laughs> feel nicer. Try it, try it just, anytime. Just to smooth it out, you know? Smooth out the edges, smooth out that brain. Uh, Lizzie Andros, executive director of the Forks Chamber of Commerce, said the harassment was, quote, an isolated incident, and yeah, isolated out on the back road somewhere, um, an isolated incident and does not represent the people of Forks. We are shocked and saddened by the encounter the family experienced on Wednesday. We have full confidence in our law enforcement community to investigate this matter, and to investigate themselves, probably. All are welcome in Forks, and it brings tears to think the family from Spokane were treated badly by certain citizens of Forks. As Chamber ED, I hope to have the opportunity to apologize personally to the family and invite them back to have the experience they should have had. I don't think they want to to come back. Do you think that there's enough of a draw card in um, Squim (laughs) for them to be like, fuck, yeah, no, uh, we did have that run-in where they blocked off the road and... because they thought we were Antifa super soldiers, which was like an absolute nightmare. Um, but I still want to get back and see uh, the big acorn they got down there. So I'll probably come back at some point. Um, I, I think I think we have a little bit of a case of this in Australia, but no, like seemingly nowhere near as dire as in America, where there are just whole swaths of people who seem to think that you can just kind of uh, say this magical spell. You can do this incantation by which something horrible happens that is a direct representation of the people in your community and obviously, you know, the the, the culture of the place, um, how they feel about outsiders, people of colour, and all that sort of thing. And you can have a very, very direct and clear example of that. But one need only speak the words, this is not us. And then it's fine. You merely have to say, hey, that that thing that happened that people who lived here did willingly and of their own accord, that's not what the people who live here are about. And also, we looked into it and it's fine. It's fine. The it's police fine. investigated it and they, then they investigated themselves. And it was good. It was all sweet. Um, but yes, I do love... Like, it, it seems to be a whole thing with, like, um, you know, centrists and everything in America as well. You see, you know, the, the, like the rampant racism on display through all levels of government and the police and the military. And you see, you know, putting children in cages uh, and refrigerating them on the border and all that sort of thing. And you go, hey, this isn't us. We are better than this. It's like, cool. Have you ever, ever looked at anything before? Do you think that if you just say, oh, no, that's not us, that's, that's somebody else. Must have been somebody else. 70 miles east of Forks, uh, Larson said on his Facebook page that he had received threats to burn his shop and against his family and that armed people had guarded his shop and home Wednesday night. 
I can't thank people enough for keeping my family safe, he said. I love all the patriots that show up. He posted written threats he said he had received, including one apparently in Arabic. <laughs> what do you reckon was going on there? It's uh, Antifa X ISIS 2020. George Soros accidentally uh, forgot to change his like PayPal thing from ISIS to Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Slipped through the cracks there. Um, in Forks, deputies were dispatched at about 6.39pm Wednesday to the Sitcom Sol Dock Road, which is known locally as the A Road, in Forks following a request for assistance from four stranded campers, he said. The campers were stranded after someone had felled eld- alder trees across the roadway, preventing their exit from the area. Family, a husband and wife with their 16-year-old daughter and the husband's mother, were driving a full-size school bus and had prepared to camp off a logging road. Uh, the family had s- shopped for camping supplies at Forks Outfitters and were confronted by seven or eight carloads of people in the grocery store parking lot, Anderson said. Uh, the people in the parking lot repeatedly asked them if they were Antifa protesters. Good God. The family told the people they weren't associated with any such group and were just camping, the press release said. I feel like if the people that get out of the bus are a middle-aged couple, a mm-hmm. teenage girl, and an old lady... <laughs> Like, that would not be a hard explanation to make. Uh, well, we're not crack riot commandos. Well, Did I mean, we... you don't have to be when you've got the Antifa exoskeletons. Oh, that's true. And <laughs> the super serum. Yeah. Did we see the thing where uh, the 75-year-old guy that got knocked to the ground by the cops, um, the cops said in part of their reply, they were like, oh, this guy's like a ringleader and major agitator. Oh, yeah, like yeah, so this that. extremely old man, direct threat to democracy and freedom, and he must be put down. Like, these people are living in a fantasy world. It is remarkable. Uh, the family had to drive their bus around vehicles in the parking lot in order to get back on the Highway 101. Family told deputies that at least four vehicles followed them as they drove northbound out of Forks. They said that two of the vehicles had people in them carrying what appeared to be semi-automatic rifles. They drove their bus up the A road and onto a logging spur road where they pitched a tent to camp for the night, they told deputies, but then heard gunshots in the distance and power saws down the road from where they were camping. Jesus Christ, that's some fucking waking fright shit. Yep. Absolute Texas Chainsaw Massacre areas. Um... So, understandably, they're packed up to leave. They found that someone had cut down trees across the spur road. Uh, four Forks High School students contacted deputies as they drove up the air road towards the campers. The students used their chainsaw to clear the roadway for the family. Deputies escorted the family to the Forks Sheriff Detachment for interviews. Soon after they left, their bus broke down. No! Oh, God, that's a fucking nightmare. Also a horror movie thing to be like, yep. and we're finally getting out of here. <laughs> Engine just sputters out. Uh, people are out of their minds, I yes. think. Absolutely. Um, I've been on. to Forks, uh, because I'm, you know, a big Twilight head. There's nothing there. Like... I just don't understand what they think people are aiming to do. Like, it's a lovely enough place. It's weird because it is, genu- like, it's a real town, you know, where real people live, uh, living their lives, doing stuff, but also because the massive influx of tourism they got from Twilight, they really lent into it. So this otherwise just perfectly normal Pacific Northwest town, bunch of logging shit around and whatever just has these horrible signs up being like you're in vampire territory now uh, come and see the big sparkly vampire oh, it must be very embarrassing if you lived tall. there before that movie and those books you'd just be like please stop i'm a grown man don't make me pretend to be in a vampire town you're in vampire country uh, hey, here's another story from NBC. In Klamath Falls, Oregon, victory declared over Antifa, which never showed up. <laughs> Great. Uh, about 200 protesters came to Sugarman's Corner, the local hotspot in downtown Klamath Falls, Oregon, last Sunday, to protest the killing of George Floyd. That was a small gathering. They had company. 
Just across the street, hundreds of their mostly white neighbours were there for decidedly different reasons. They leaned in front of local business The Daily Bagel and Rick's Smoke Shop wearing military fatigues and bulletproof vests with blue bands tied around their arms. Fucking psychos. Most everyone seemed to be carrying something. Flags, baseball bats, hammers and axes. But mostly, they carried guns. They said they came with shotguns, rifles, and pistols to protect their downtown businesses from outsiders. They had heard that Antifa, paid by billionaire philanthropist George Soros, were being bussed in from neighbouring cities hell-bent on raising their idyllic town. Frederick Brigham, 31, Klamath Falls resident and musician who goes by Wreck the Rebel said he never thought Black Lives Matter protests would come to his town. As one of the few black men who lives here, he felt compelled to attend. But the presence of armed people who clearly did not support their group was chilling. It felt like walking through an enemy war camp, he said. While large rallies in major cities had been the most visible part of recent social efforts to change how police treat black people, hundreds more have popped up in small rural towns where residents have marched and kneeled to protest police brutality. I've seen a lot of people online pointing out that, like, these protests in like small towns in Kentucky where there's like hundreds of people out in the street. I've seen people saying like, if you grew up in one of these areas, you would know how really significant this is. Oh yeah. Um, but the most persistent rumors uh, centered on groups of Antifa members being put on buses and sent to small towns to wreak havoc. Like, it's also very weird that there's all these rumours and everything about something that, like, just nobody's seen happen anywhere? Never, it never happens, does it? And, mm. like, they've been planning this attack, whatever this attack is, for for so long. But, fuck, it's going to be really good when it happens. It's going to be a big one. Finally Because they've been planning for it for so long. The rumours are really unfounded, about it. but that hasn't stopped people in some communities from preparing for the worst. Towns from Washington State to Indiana have seen armed groups begin patrolling the streets after receiving warnings about an Antifa invasion, often spurred by social media or passed along from friends. Those actions have yet to erupt in major violence, but often bring heavily armed people in close contact with protesters. It's just... like... just the whole death wish fantasy. They want They want to do it so bad. They so bad want to, like... Just get their fucking rifle that they bought and just use for, like, target practice or whatever, and they want to kill someone with it. They crave it so much. I um I saw a video recently. I think it's, like, the sort of pinned video to the NRA's profile on Twitter. And it's about a guy who's, like, a rally driver um, killing somebody. But it, they've phrased it as, like, it's super awesome that this guy killed someone who was threatening his family. And he was talking about how he's he's practiced, like, close quarters um, gunfighting for however long, where, like, you know, you, you quickly pull up the front of your shirt and pull out your gun and, like, hip fire from the waist and then double tap someone in the head. And they have this guy on this thing going, I've done all of this training so that I was prepared when a man held a gun to the head of someone in my family, little did he know that in mere seconds I would be ending his life with seven bullets. It's like... That's... psychotic. Mm, mm-hmm. To be like, I have, I have spent my life training my body for the potential situation where someone would be several meters away from me and I would have my gun with me and it would be loaded and somebody else would have a gun and they would be pointing it at my family member. And like, yeah, that, you know, obviously the way they frame it is, hey, if you, you know, believe in your Second Amendment rights and you've done all your gun training and all that sort of stuff, then you'll be prepared to defend your family if the worst happens. But you can't help get the feeling that if something like this actually did happen, that someone like that would, would also just be like, their internal monologue would be like, oh my God, oh my God, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. I'm going to get to kill a guy. I'm going to get to stand my ground. Good Lord. Yep. Uh, and that's why you take your shotguns and your pistols and shit down to like 100 people standing around and saying, please don't murder unarmed people. Because that is the scariest thing that anybody can come up with. 
Oh, my goodness. Um, so the story goes on to talk about, uh, you know, all these rumors and things that never happened. Um, as you can tell, we are ready, one armed man said in a Facebook Live with 124,000 views. Antifa members have threatened our town and said they're going to burn everything and kill white people, basically. <laughs> Did they, though? <laughs> oh. A lot of these people came out because they swore that Antifa buses were in town. They couldn't believe that I was from here. They thought I must be a black man that came from somewhere else. Oh, God no. damn, says Brigham. What do you think the process is? Do they lease the bus? Is it a rental? Oh, I think Soros is buying the buses. Well, after a point, it becomes cheaper to actually own the bus, right? Well, they might have bought a, some type of bus company, you know? Oh, vertically integrated Antifa. <laughs> So basically, there's lots of uh, private Facebook groups for local news where people post their weird conspiracy th- stuff and things they claim to have heard over a police scanner. Um, <laughs> here's a post from the site. I am not the one to spread false information. Oh, it's such a good way to start that. <laughs> yep. Um, a friend tells me is like the other one, the other good one. Uh, I am not the one to spread false information, one of the earliest posts stated. There are two buses heading this way from Portland, full of Antifa members and loaded with bricks. And they've put Antifa all in caps there as if it's some sort of uh, like an acronym. acronym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it would be way more fuel efficient to get the bricks when you arrive. <laughs> buy, buy your bricks locally. Well, how much petrol are you going to go through if you load a bus up with people and bricks? Oh, that's true. It's going to affect the safety of your braking, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, their intentions are to come to claimeth false, destroy it, and murder police officers. There have been rumors of the Antifa, lowercase now, going into residential areas to, quote, fuck up the white hoods. Uh, yep. So by Antifa, they mean black people. Like that's that's what they're using as a stand-in, right? That's you people just... who don't look like us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's okay, right? Because uh, this is only information being disseminated uh, person to person from people that aren't authority figures, right? Yeah, that's great. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> All right. Do you want to read the next part of the article? There? No, I suppose so. Some. Responding to the posts were incredulous, but few could argue when a screenshot of a direct message from Colonel Jeff Edwards, the commander of the Oregon Air National Guard's 173rd Fighter Wing, was posted in one of the groups. Team Kingsley, for your safety, I ask you to please avoid the downtown area this evening. We received an alert that there may be two busloads of Antifa protesters en route to Klamath Falls, arriving in downtown around 2030 tonight, the post stated. Uh, Major Nikki Jackson, a spokesman for the 173rd Fighter Wing, confirmed in an email that the message had come from Edwards. Holy fuck. <laughs> they, wow. These people have their finger on the fucking button. They're, they can press the button anytime they want, and this is how fucking gullible they are. I guess if you spend all day like watching Fox News and listening to Tucker Carlson and... Got your satellite radio tuned to Sebastian Gorka, you know? Like, there is truly no end to the stream of just absolute paranoid propaganda that you can funnel into your brain over there, is there? That's terrifying. Pretty cool. Uh, the Antifa buses became a kind of local scavenger hunt. Someone spotted an empty green bus at Claymouth Community College. A white bus with Black Lives Matter and peace signs painted in green and blue was spotted in the Walmart parking lot. A local recognized that bus as belonging to a local musician, but others didn't buy it. Someone reported a U-Haul in front of the TJ Maxx. Goddamn. Or maybe it was the House of Shoes. That's just like... I can't you try and picture these people running around with loaded weapons just being like, Oh my god, there's a trailer in front of the place I buy jeans <laughs> like fucking <laughs> oh, nightmare. My goodness. Rumors of marauding Antifa buses have popped up on local social media networks all across the country, sometimes leading to direct dangerous action by locals and police departments. It's just it just goes on and on. There's just 
so much of it. Oh. In the end, Klamath Falls' largest Black Lives Matter protest saw no looting, no fires, and little violence, apart from a few thrown punches, instigated by the armed side of the street, oddly enough. Hmm, strange. Hmm. There was never the feel of a large contingent of a lot of -of out-of-town folks, Klamath Falls Police Department Captain Ryan Prosterhouse told local newspaper Herald and News. One person was cited for disorderly conduct and several were detained and released. Mostly intoxication, Prosterhouse told the newspaper. Uh, The armed man who live-streamed the protest, who was worried about Antifa coming to murder white people, posted an update to his Facebook page acknowledging the risk had been overblown. I know your hearts and minds were in the right place, he wrote incorrectly. But a lot of the info was bad. Cool. I know you Well, we got some bad info this time. <laughs> but next time. A little bit of bad intel. Still, others remain convinced Nancy Antifa had been there that night, run off by the sight of hundreds <laughs> of armed patriots. And that's the story they're spreading online. Antifa retreats from suburb after business owner and neighborhood show up with guns, stated the headline on the website News Punch, one of the internet's most notorious fake news destinations. The article quotes a Facebook post by Dan Klein, the owner of a local billiards bar. Oh my god. This gets somehow even better. Mm-hmm. I have never felt a threat to my business as I did last night, Klein wrote in his post. Antifa didn't make it to the courthouse and my bar had no inter- incidents. Antifa walked into a hornet's nest. It was like a sixth grade football team walking into the Oakland Coliseum to take on the Raiders. So... Let's just pick this apart a little, can we? Sure. Um, I have never felt a threat to my business as I did last night. He said, describing a threat that didn't exist, uh, that was entirely made up due to, like, I don't know, xenophobia and basic kind of, like, otherness fear. But yet that's the, the biggest threat he's had in his entire life to the bar. But this... This seems to be like the overwhelmingly consistent thing with the sort of Antifa paranoia is that somehow people are able to simultaneously hold these these conflicting things in their head, which is that Antifa are all pathetic, weakling, SJW, soy beta cucks who live in their mother's basements and have never been in a fight and couldn't make it onto the high school football mm-hmm. team um, and are, are physically weak and mentally weak and they yep. aren't strong patriots. Oh, but on the other hand, but every also, single member of Antifa has been dipped uh, in the forced evolutionary virus from Fallout uh, to grow <laughs> 12 foot tall, uh, bristling with muscles, teeth that grow outside of their head. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, they they keep just uh, moaning something about the water chip. That's um, their one goal in life. And also, I think in this analogy, George Soros is the master. So. <laughs> yeah, keep carrying this all the way through. That's okay. great. <laughs> I think people were worried that it wasn't fleshed out enough. Um, no, no, that's right. <laughs> so... But yeah, like somehow you have this conflicting thing of anti-fur, these pathetic little babies... Um, but also, they are the greatest threat to anything. Yeah, and they're and ready to rock any fucking time as well. Like, yeah, and we should all be down there with guns warriors. and baseball bats yeah, to kill them and beat them to death. Yeah, up. It's incredible. Um, and of course, they seem to think that just saying, hey, if Antifa come into my town, I will Liam Neeson from taking them. And then nothing happens and they go... See, told them what had happened and they got scared. Yeah. Like, you don't want to just be quoting Simpsons the whole time, but the whole whole fucking thing is just the bear patrol. It's it's ludicrous. (laughs) Yeah, um... I I think that it must be pretty cool to basically just be able to craft your own reality. Yeah. The way that these people do. Absolutely. It's so hard thinking about things. Oh. Every day with this shit, you got to think <laughs> about things. No, Imagine you, the sir. alternative. Imagine the alternative where you just get to uh, work at your bar like normal and then say, I saw off an invasion uh, of horrible Antifa warriors last night by staying at work. You know? I do. <sighs> 
Klein's post received thousands of likes and shares and was posted in other local Facebook groups. Reached by phone, he said he was proud of the way the counter-protest took a stand against Antifa and showed the world what would happen should any outside group try to bring a fight to Klamath Falls. But he also described a different scene than in his Facebook post, a peaceful protest from a small group of kids. (laughs) I can see why they felt threatened somewhat, because they actually were, Klein said of the Black Lives Matter protesters who faced the militia on Sunday. We didn't know what we were up against, you know? (laughs) They were just trying to make a peaceful demonstration and they ran into a fight. (sighs) Just accidentally realizing something there? There's no, yeah, there's absolutely like no critical thought into how this has actually come about. Nope. Like, oh, well, this could have happened to literally anybody who believed in Antifa super soldiers being bussed around by George Soros. Uh, Yeah, like, like, it's not his fault that they got some bad intel that he made up. Um, and then they showed up and threatened a bunch of kids with guns, baseball bats, and axes, punched some of them, and then afterwards he was like, yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, it must have been sort of scary for him. It's like, yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) They were just trying to do a peaceful demonstration. What are the odds? What are the odds that just this time Antifa didn't show up? My goodness. From the Associated Press, uh, they say that police departments say that people are phoning in tips that they see on social media claiming that Antifa is sending buses or even planes full of Antifa <laughs> activists to their area. Hearing word oh. that, Halo, uh, that Antifa is undergoing a halo jump in the area. Oh, my God. In Payette County, uh, Idaho, rural county of 24,000, the call started early Monday morning after one Facebook user said the sheriff had spotted Antifa rioters in the area. The calls didn't taper off until the sheriff's office debunked the rumor on Facebook. They really need to explode Facebook with a bomb. Absolutely. It's, it's it is poison. It. it is absolute poison to the world. It's really a small community where our citizens know us pretty well, said Payette County Sheriff Lieutenant Andy Creech. When the post got out there, we started getting phone calls directly. Meanwhile, Facebook users were also warning their friends to stay clear of a shopping center in a New Jersey suburb, saying it would be the center of Antifa destruction on Tuesday. (laughs) Yet police had no credible information that Antifa would be present in the area. Identical Facebook and Twitter posts about busloads of Antifa protesters. Once again, the police didn't see any unusual bus activity in town. But the claim still spread for days ahead of a planned protest. Uh, everyone heard there were going to be buses of people. Sam Clemens, a public information officer for the department, said it was very specific. There were three busloads. <laughs> <laughs> Even the owner of a Michigan limousine business was forced to refute online rumors when two of his buses became the center of a conspiracy theory that liberal financier George Soros was funneling protesters to Milan, Michigan. Social media users widely shared a manipulated photo of his white buses edited to show the words Soros Riot Dance Squad (laughs) emblazoned on the sides. (laughs) Oh, man. Chicago Police Department became convinced that 3,000 Antifa super soldiers were on their way into Chicago on 12 buses to the extent that they sent a helicopter to look for the buses even after Indiana police said <laughs> that there was nothing to it. This is all amazing because there's like a, a bunch of uh, leftists on Twitter who have police scanners who are listening to this stuff and talking about it live. Uh, I believe if you've got that queued up there, Andrew, we've got a small snippet from Chicago Police Department Radio on, I think this happened on May 30th. Sure do. Here we go. Uh, PH1 picked up the 12 buses coming in and hammering up of Skyway. PH2, PH2. PH2, Chicago and Grand, they're able to make their way into the city. Now, where are these buses supposed to be? They're supposed to be on the Skyway, making their way from Indianapolis on the Skyway. Can you see them at all over uh, the Skyway coming in towards us? Can you give us a heads up if you see them? We have to go down there. We'll check it out. I can come in from. Open up the Indiana Skyway Wake Forum. Squad, be advised, are they coming on buses or cars? 
I don't know. We're just getting information. No one has identified themselves. We're getting this information. It's not bonafide or confirmed at this time, but we're just putting it out for officer safety. And the helicopter's going to check it out right now. Indiana State Police said there's nothing to this. Helicopter over there now. Helicopter's already en route. We have sent them. Who's ever given the order? They are in route, I assure you. I got the roll radio. Roll radio. Order at the Skyway. Wait for them. I'll let you know. 60. 60 cars, 60 cars. 60 cars. <laughs> Amazing, right? Just, and and if this doesn't tell you that the police need to be defunded, that they can hear a rumor that there are busloads of Antifa super soldiers coming in and immediately summon a helicopter to hover over a specific stretch of highway and and tell us whether or not there are scary protesters coming. My God. And like, so it wasn't even just that they were like confused in the moment. Uh, Twitter user lib underscore crusher uh, found a blog post from, I think the, the blog is called like Second City Cop. Uh, it's a, it's a, an active Chicago police department cop who the day afterwards uh, did this blog post. So we get home at zero dark 30 and finally get a message issued at 23.30 hours last night that days off are cancelled and 12-hour shifts are in effect. So the no OT thing is over finally. And a special salute, brackets, single finger, to the media, who didn't once break into active programming yesterday afternoon while downtown burned, and hundreds of riders arrived via bus from Indiana. So this is the day after, and he's still fucking convinced Antifa was bussed in from fucking Indianapolis. 3,000 rioters. Fucking, I can't. I just, that, like, this is something that I think causes me genuine despair on, like, a profound level, because it feels fucking hopeless, is when you look at the extent to which this disinformation thrives. Like, you know, you'll see something on Twitter that's, like, targeting this sort of MAGA stuff where it is, like, so self-evidently false and, like, 18,000 people will have shared it or whatever. Everyone in the comments is like, yes, this is real. Fucking Don Trump Jr. will take a screenshot of it and post it or whatever. And, like, no amount of fact-checking will ever reach these people. They will be convinced that this is the reality of things until they fucking die of heart disease or whatever. Like, it, it's just such an intractable problem that you're like, what do you, what do, you do? How do you stop that? How does that go away? You know, they, uh, it's like you can't, how do you sort of address like communicating the way that like what leftist politics want to achieve in terms of social policy and rechanging how people's lives are for the better? How do you cut through the fact that all of them currently believe that like this is part of the new world order? How do you do that? Yeah, and I think the... Uh I think the fact that like so much effort has gone in over the last like four or five years to um, very specifically sort of saying anything that comes from any of the following news sources is automatically false. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that comes from a news source that you don't like is false. Anything that says something that you don't like is obviously just fake. Um yeah, just just the extent to which we're doing the entire, hey, you can just decide for yourself which things are valid and which things aren't. You can just follow a whole bunch of Facebook pages that just post weird memes. Or Twitter accounts from like 60-year-old women that are using those like crazy-ass Instagram filters to remove any sort of wrinkles <laughs> or blemishes to the point that they just have like nondescript white ovals with eyes on them. Big smooth moon face. Follow Marga Kathy for all of your news. <laughs> God damn it. She has 600,000 followers. <laughs> oh, it's it it's very depressing. I, I don't know if there's like... I, I Yeah, I, I don't know what anyone is supposed to do about any of that. Um, oh, I'm, I feel the same in that I, I just look at that and go, how, how are you supposed to go about unpicking this? Yeah. Hey, if you've got a solution to the yeah. sickness that is currently at the heart of our society, write in. I'd love to hear it so much. Mailbox so at I can sleep. Vista. A little more com. soundly. 
Yes, please do. Oh. Uh, in some lighter news. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> in some lighter news, um, from Ben's favorite publication, Boing Boing. I think it's pronounced Boing Boing. Boing Boing. Boing. Uh, Cole Carini, a 23-year-old Virginia man who turned up at hospital, missing his hands and peppered with shrapnel, claimed that he was hurt in a lawnmower accident. The FBI, however, says that he's a misogynist who fantasized about blowing up hot cheerleaders and was trying to assemble a bomb. <laughs> and if you don't want to hear what happens, maybe just skip ahead a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, this is quite... Uh, it's graphic, but it happened to a bad person, so maybe it's funny. So who's to say? Who's... To say. I'll let you know if it's funny. On June the 2nd, Cole Carini of Richlands, Virginia, showed up at the Clinch Valley Medical Center with a missing hand. Several fingers on Carini's other hand were also gone, and he had shrapnel wounds through the neck and throat. When investigators got to the residence, they found a trail of blood leading from a red minivan parked in the driveway to the front door of the house and up the stairs to a second floor bedroom. According to the affidavits, after stepping over a, quote, flesh-colored substance that looked like a piece of human skin, cops found a plastic bottle filled with triacetone triperoxide, or TATP, a substance used in the creation of improvised explosive devices inside a footlocker. Beside the footlocker was a box filled with rusty nails and a plastic container, the top of which had been peeled back in a manner consistent with an explosion, the affidavit said. The blinds in the room were damaged and a chunk of flesh was stuck to the ceiling. Whoops! Whoopsie daisies. Whoops. Uh, that is quite a way to really commit yourself to the NoFap movement. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jesus. Oh, no. <sighs> We've all been extremely mad at women for existing and accidentally blown both of our hands off while trying to make a bomb full of rusty nails to kill them with. It's only natural. It's human nature. Just kidding. It's not. This guy is horrible. And uh, dare I say, kind of deserved it. I mean, bold to go into the hospital and be like, Lord Mower accident. I... <laughs> Hopefully no one checks my house. <laughs> there was something, the other stuck, <laughs> something stuck in my lawnmower and I reached in to get it and it cut off all of my hand. And so I was going to come to the hospital, but I was like, I should probably get some of the other, the bits of my hand and take them back and see if we can like sew them back on or anything. Um, Little did I know, it was going to have a very similar effect on my other hand. You know that like super common (laughs) where you like, uh, you buy a lawnmower, but you get like a cheap one and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're using it and you hit like a particularly... Uh, tightly packed clump of grass and then it just fucking explodes removing both of your hands. Yeah. All been there. That's why I tell my kids not to leave rocks on the lawn. Oh, man. Okay, so look, I I didn't want to... You know, maybe lawnmowers explode all the time. So I've Googled lawnmower explosion mm-hmm. and uh, nearly all of the results are about a man losing his leg... After shooting a lawnmower full of explosions, uh, explosives. Okay. Let me just, I, I might read this story to you here. This is a, a, a story from USA Today from 2016. <laughs> Go on. A Georgia man who was videotaped last week shooting at a lawnmower packed with explosives lost his leg at the resulting explosion, authorities say. According to the Walton County Sheriff's Department, a deputy responded to a 911 call Saturday about an explosion. The caller reported that 32-year-old David Presley was shooting at a mixture of ammonium nitrate and aluminum or aluminium powder in the woods mm. and had possibly blown his legs off from the explosion. Oh, Jesus. Possibly. Fuck, man. Uh, two of Presley's friends fashioned a tourniquet around his leg, helping him into the front seat of a vehicle and drove him in to a nearby road. EMS met the group there. Uh, EMS advised David was missing his leg, left leg below the knee. Presley was airlifted to Greater Memorial Hospital in Atlanta and is now recovering from the incident. One of Presley's friends told investigators they put three pounds of tannerite into an old lawnmower to blow it up. 
Okay. Uh, the incident was captured on video. Just if you've got some spare time uh, and you're not American, or at least you're, or you're you're American and you live in the city, look into Tannerite. Uh, what it is and how extremely legal it is to buy unbelievable quantities of it in America. Oh, uh, it will fuck you up. It is insane. Um, one of Presley's friends told investigators... Oh, sorry. I already read that. Uh, the video shows Presley dressed in what appears to be a tactical vest, shooting a semi-automatic rifle at the lawnmower, getting off more than 20 shots. On the last shot, the lawnmower... <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that I'm laughing at this. On the last on. shot, the lawnmower <laughs> explodes... Shrapnel can be seen flying in all direction. I blew my leg off, Presley yells. Call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. Another voice is heard yelling. You've got to feel pretty bad about that one. Uh, If you've done it to yourself, I mean. You would. It's the one thing you didn't want to happen. Uh, Tannerite is a brand name of a combination of ammonium nitrate and uh, aluminium powder. When mixed and shot with a high-velocity bullet, it creates a loud noise and explosion. Video is sewing shut showing such explosions have become popular on the internet. We get a lot of calls about Tannerite. It can be extremely dangerous if it is not used correctly, Walton County Sheriff Joe Chapman says. So I guess shooting a gun at it for fun, does that is that entirely incorrect usage or he should have just maybe been standing no, further no, that back? Is, so Tannerite is sold, um, just, just having a look at it now, as firearms targets. Mm-hmm. Because you put them downrange and you shoot it, and if you've hit the target, you don't have to go and check. Like, you don't have to walk all the way down there because it will fucking explode. But yep. I assume that that's the normal usage, and you're not supposed to put a whole bunch of it inside of one small place oh, and then explode it. do shit with it where they'll, like, fill fucking barrels with it and stuff and just do these massive explosions. There's videos of people blowing up, like, old cars they no longer want. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, but anyway, that video of that man blowing his leg entirely clean off uh, with a lawnmower explosion is freely available on the internet if you just want to search oh, for that. Uh, and if you don't want to, don't. <laughs> yeah, content warning on that video. <laughs> content guess. warning on the thing that you optionally can watch. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, Theo. Hey. I've got uh, an entry here in the notes entitled... Theo's hometown corner. I don't know who put those extra letters in there because when I put it in the document, uh-huh. I spelt hometown the normal way with the normal <laughs> amount of vowels. If you say so. Mm. What's that all about, Theo? Well, uh, this is a story that um, Ben's brought to my attention several times now. <laughs> uh, seems just be dragging in front of me like a like a cat with a with a dead rat. <laughs> I'm very uh, proud is, of it. <laughs> but this is from the ABC, uh, and it is titled "Mackay's three-ton fatberg blamed on coronavirus panic buying." Um, and I I I feel like if you need a, a spiritual kind of summation of Mackay. <laughs> this is probably the article. I can't believe they um, haven't made it the mascot of the town yet. <laughs> the fat Come to Mackay, see the big fat bird. Fat <laughs> It's on the way to the crematorium. Um, <laughs> the record, uh, the shortage of toilet paper as a result of coronavirus panic buying has been blamed after a record fat bird was pulled from Mackay's sewerage network. Now, uh, <laughs> when they say record, mm-hmm. do you reckon they made a record for Mackay? Or a, is this a, a world record, record? Queensland, a world record? I don't know. Mackay punches above its weight in a lot of things, mm. including uh, gigantic assemblages of uh, toilet paper, shit, piss, <laughs> and congealed fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I'm not just talking about George Winston's... <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to make fun of him because he's a really shitty person. He sucks. He really? sucks so uh, bad. We... Is, it, okay. is it you or Dave that said they went to a a house party that he was at when they were still living in Mackay? Oh, it must have been Dave. Oh, it was Dave. And he just said that he was asleep the whole time. <laughs> just like sitting in a chair, completely God. asleep. It's not really that surprising, <laughs> that one, is it? <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> mm. uh, 
it's taken two separate operations uh, to remove the more than three ton mass made up of flushable wipes, clothing, plastic, and other items from a pump station in the city. Uh, the block. I believe the uh, pump station is what you used to call your bedroom when you were living. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely, was not. I, um, I don't believe that Theo called uh, his bedroom that. That's right. <laughs> um. It's taken... Uh, sorry, I read that. Uh, the blockage was so big, a crane, hydraulic grappler, <laughs> and large vacuum tanker were needed, and they only removed the tip of the berg, <laughs> according oh. to engineers. Uh, senior network people. engineer Keith Hyatt said the size of the berg was a serious concern. Uh, nothing to laugh about. Um, <laughs> the, use of, <laughs> the use of alternatives to toilet paper is definitely a factor in what we've seen. Um its potential for environment harm and risk for the public health, and it's compounded here because the it's the end of the line before the treatment plant. So what happens? Like, so panic buying, so coronavirus, panic buying, three-ton shipberg. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are people shitting more because of coronavirus? Well, no, it's because... So I, I got confused by how they worded this as well, actually. Uh, but what they're saying is because a select few of the people... Panic bought all the toilet paper. People yes. were forced to use things that weren't toilet paper. Uh-huh. So now things I get like you. wipes, wet wipes, yep. and stuff. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so he says that only the uh, three P's should be flushed down the toilet: pee, poo, and paper. Uh, so don't flush wet wipe toilet um, flushables and that sort of stuff. They don't break down. Uh, so on and so forth. Um, the uh, second round of removal was not as large as the f- as first thought, with the mass being broken up by the grapple, uh, <laughs> and then weekend rain flushing it through the system. That's a real like Futurama janitor kind <laughs> of job, being the guy that like that that works the grapple. Oh, yeah, to break up the three ton fat bird. That's definitely uh, Sal, the Futurama character who pluralizes all of the words in a sentence. Mm-hmm. Scruffy. No, it's Scruffy's the janitor. Sal is the recurring blue collar oh. worker who uh, pluralizes all of his words. Oh. You wants, I shoulds. Yeah, that yes. guy. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. How okay. dare you? Um, yeah, so people are, are flushing syringes, a colostomy bag. Now, I'm going to say that that happened by accident. <laughs> I'm going to say that there's someone right. out there missing a colostomy bag. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about colostomy bags to. No, how they are you tipping the contents of a colostomy bag just into the toilet, and someone's just gone, whoops. Yeah, lost their grip. Um, I think so. And then I accidentally landed on the flush button, and now it's gone. Um, bouncy balls and even parts of a baby bottle. Now the bouncy um, balls, I think, arguably, the fact that there are enough of them for it to be noteworthy. <laughs> what's going on there? Uh, Mr. Hyatt says the public attitude about flushing items needed to change. Uh, it costs a lot of money to clear this, and it's literally money being <laughs> flushed down the toilet. I feel like we've known about this for a while now. So, I didn't know about the wipes thing. So, yeah, I don't, really. But, but wipes aren't part of my life anymore. Wait, I've moved I, past the need for wipes. I, what? It, um, okay. Okay. No, let's. I'm fine to leave that unexamined. Uh, so there's a there's a whole thing in Australia and possibly the world, but I don't know about that. About uh, flushable wipes, right? They're, you you'd see them in the wipe section, perhaps if you were uh, still in that phase of your life when you needed wipes that we all went through. Uh, and they they will advertise themselves as flushable wipes. That, of course, being the exception that proves the rule, implying that. All other wipes are non-flushable, which is true. Uh, but apparently these wipes aren't either. Uh, and the ACCC, who uh, we simply must stand in a lot of regards, uh, launched a lawsuit against Kimberly Clark, which owns Kleenex, who manufactured these flushable wipes, uh, trying to say that it was a false or misleading claim that they are... Actually flushable, flushable because they, they yeah. cause all these problems in our water treatment systems and such, and they lost that case. The uh, federal the court in what was that? Sorry, the ACCC lost the case. Or? The ACCC lost. Yeah, the the federal court ruled in, I 
think it was oh, a couple of years ago, ruled in Kimberly Clark's favour, saying that there wasn't enough evidence that specifically these caused a problem, but uh, the APCCC is appealing. So hopefully uh, that gets taken care of. Frustrating, though. Huh. Sydney Water estimates it spends more than $8 million a year manually removing fatbergs or masses of wipes from sewage pipes. Okay, the cost yeah. across Australia is estimated to be more than $15 million a year. Marketing people. Can't fucking trust them. You bloody can't. Can't trust them as far as I can flush them. Uh, our crime pass for this week is uh, shoplift, flushable wipes, and then dispose of them in the bin. Dispose of them responsibly. Yes, don't flush mm-hmm. them down the toilet. They're not flushable. Yeah. My goodness. Well, I think it's about all we have time for for this here bonus episode. Thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Uh, what else do we want to thank people for? Thank you to the people who recently put a nice five-star review on the iTunes store to counteract the one person who ruined our five-star average by getting very mad at our, quote, primary school humor. I mean, that's... We just... I, I think we it's might have vindicated that uh, substantially with the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. No evidence for it. <laughs> uh, they did say we have unpleasant voices, which... <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't... It's hard, you know, I, I'm very used to the sound of your voices. I don't think I can judge that objectively. I think I would say objectively, Andrew, you have a, a rich, wonderful voice. Sonorous. Attack mm. the rest of us if you must. Yes. But please, <laughs> leave Andrew out of this. Oh, well, thank you, guys. Well, that's it for us. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.